This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello again and welcome to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy. I'm your host, certified sex therapist Lori Watson, author of Wanting Sex Again and blogger at Psychology Today and WebMD. And I have with me Dr. Adam Matthews, my co-host, who's a couples therapist, psychotherapist and president of NCAMFT. Foreplay is dedicated to helping couples keep it hot. Each episode, we cover an aspect of sex that impacts your sex life and something that you can relate to. So if you find our discussions helpful, please give us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. We would love it if you would tell a friend about us. You can find us also on the web at foreplayrst.com. And if you have a comment or a topic that you'd like us to talk about, we'd love to hear from you. Please send them to us at info at foreplayrst.com. Thanks for listening. Now on to today's topic. Okay, today's episode on foreplay is going to be about, am I normal? Um, All the questions that people have about, am I normal? Is this normal sexually? Is my body normal? We are so (laughs) fascinated with that question. Why, like, we want to just be normal. Yeah. And it's such a a hard question to answer on a lot of things. It is a hard question. I mean, but we are so fascinated we want to make sure that nothing we do is outside of the normal boundaries, right? Right. And these artificial things that we've created that says whether we're normal or not. Exactly. Because um, we, we don't want to be judged. Uh, we don't want to be judged as the super freak. Especially sexually, right? Yeah. We've talked about this before, but the the way that we have grown up and just experienced all kinds of negative messages about sex and about our, our sexuality, like it just... In our bodies. In our bodies. And it just keeps that question like at the forefront of our minds all the time, especially when we have this desire for something or a, a, a preference sexually. And we, we just end up like all twisted about, about is this, is this normal? Am I normal because I do this because me and my partner do that? It just yeah. gets all... Or I think about that or I fantasize about this. Mm. All of that. I mean, people are really anxious about... I guess the fear of judgment and then that would lead to rejection, right? Yeah. If I reveal to my partner this idea or or anything, they'll think um, I'm crazy or I'm a pervert or 
all of those things. Yeah, which all the negative labels, they, it's not that they're not going to think anything good about me, but they're going to reject me outright. And they're probably going to say, that's weird. Yeah, right? that's or the that's, scary thing. Yeah, because that's, I mean, we hear, I hear that all the time. Isn't that so weird? It's so weird that I do that? Or clients come in and say something to the effect of, I'm going to scare you. I'm going to be your worst client ever. I just, yeah. I just I'll know bet it. you've never heard this before. I bet you've never heard this before. Yeah. yeah. Heart, heart, you know, sometimes that happens still. <laughs> Occasionally. <but> very rarely. <laughs> very rarely, right? Because people- the walls of my office could talk, you know, probably not. Because wouldn't you say people are more normal than they think they are? I would say that. Absolutely. Yeah. And so like, it's such a big fear and one that I don't know that people necessarily have to be afraid of. But when people come in and they, to you, Lori, and they say, am I normal with whatever question, is the answer ever no? Is the answer ever? Not so far. I, I mean, I, I don't even think about it like that, right? Yeah. I, I mean, sexuality and sexual arousal patterns and bodies, there's this huge wide variety of them, right? Mm. I mean, certain things most of us agree on as a society are not normal, Right. right. Things that are illegal. Yes. You know, fantasizing about children or yeah. things that are know, abuses to other people or yeah, or right. Abuse. I mean, that is not normal. And we all agree on that. But within a regular person, you know, not a criminal person, but mm. a regular person's mind, there is there is a huge variety of things that turn them on, things that they like, mm. things that excite them. I mean, the. The difficulty is, of course, discovering them yourself, sharing them with your partner, and figuring out what the two people together, you know, want to have happen in bed. Mm -hmm. Those things that happen, the things that we're afraid to talk about with our partner, a lot of times when we talk about them, our partner doesn't necessarily have to agree to do that or to participate, but it's more of a we are talking about him and we're honoring that and we're deciding together, like you were saying, what is going to be, quote unquote, normal for us in our mm-hmm. in our sexual relationship. Yeah. You- what is what's acceptable to us to do? And I think sometimes when people share fantasies or they share ideas, the other person can be on the defense immediately. Like, well, is this going to be required? Am I going to have to do these things? But I think the first thing to remember, if your partner is sharing a sexual fantasy, First of all, just know that it is a gift of vulnerability. Mm. You know, they are sharing something that is deep down inside, something about themselves. And so just, you know, take a deep breath. Mm. You don't have to agree to anything, but just take a deep breath and honor the fact that they have decided to give you this huge gift of confidence by telling you something inside. Yeah. And that, then, then that's really honoring. And then there's nothing that you can't talk about. I think that's the that's one of the things that when we start looking at things through the lens of normal or not normal, a lot of times those things become deal breakers for us or they become they become much scarier for us than if we accepted the position that you're talking about as far as there's a wide variety of things and that it's a gift of vulnerability that your partner is right. sharing with you, right? Accepting your partner and their ideas and their fantasies and their fears and everything about their sexual self does not mean agreement to do anything with them. It means just sort of being wondering and feeling curious Mm -hmm. about the way they are put together. Yeah. And this idea of normal, too, is such a, especially a sexually normal, right? It's, there is a catch-22 for us in that. If there's a fear that I have that I'm not sexually normal, right? Mm -hmm. If I disclose that, 
and the answer to that is yes, I am sexually normal, then all of a sudden it risks being irrelevant, right? Yeah. It risks being not sexy, right? <laughs> yeah. Because I want to be better than normal. That's right. <laughs> but if it isn't normal, then all of a sudden I'm outside of the norm and I'm outside of what's acceptable sexually uh-huh. and it's not going to be fulfilled. It's gonna, I'm going to be unfulfilled sexually. Yeah. So like even putting it in these terms, like there's a subtle trap there that I think we have to be aware of and get out of is mm-hmm. that is that because otherwise we're either completely boring sexually or <laughs> or we are we are perverts totally right? vanilla or totally perverts yeah like and there yep. and there's no there's no room for for anything in between which is which is dangerous for sure i i would say you know i would 10% of the people who come in on it, maybe maybe not that i don't know but some percentage of the people who come in and make appointments, it's really to ask one question. Am I mm-hmm. normal? Or I've never told anybody this. Yeah. You know, and they're fearful. They're fearful about that judgment or that they're actually the super freak and they'll be rejected. Yeah. And that's, that becomes all consuming. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, it becomes everything about their sex life when, when ultimately there's usually there's the possibility that there is um, much more about their sex life as well. And this is only one part of it. Yeah. Right. It's not it's not everything. So I thought I'd talk about some of the things that people do bring up, like, am I normal? And just to reassure people out there that, yeah, yeah, that's normal. Mm. I mean, I mean, one thing to start with the body. And this is a big one, you know, because porn has standardized people, Mm. genitalia and breast size and shape. And, you know, there is a lot, unfortunately, of erotic standardization. So people don't know, you know, am I normal? You know, women tell me all the time, I I don't like my labia. And this is really an intimate confession, you know, that they they don't like their genitals. I'm like, you know, why do you not like that? And they, well, one is bigger than the other or or one hangs down or, Mm. I mean, all these things that really to me, every woman is different. I mean, every snowflake different, every vulva different. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I mean, what you see on porn has been standardized, sometimes surgically. Mm. I mean, there is the standardization that somehow or another labia has to be small. And I mean, it, it's crazy, but women pick up on this as well. And I don't hear as many men talk about it. Like, I, I don't like my wife's genitals, but I do hear women say, I don't like him to go down on me. Mm-hmm. I don't like him to look at me because I don't think I look right. Yeah. And it's all about this this issue of the labia or now that I'm getting older, you know, I'm, I'm droopy or, I mean, all of this really self-criticism. And I would tell you, first of all, that you are normal. That different is normal and that frequently a partner looking at you thinks it's totally exciting. You got to get over it. Hmm. Right? Yeah. And I think, uh, I mean, women aren't the only ones that that think about that. I mean, and I think so when you talk about every snowflake is different, every (laughs) vulva is different, every penis is different. (laughs) Every penis is different. Balls are different. Like the testicles are different. Like we get these things in our head that that it's supposed to look a certain way or it's it's less than somehow. I mean, it's tied into like we should be taller, we should be firmer here, we should be bigger in this area, like all these things that, like you talked about, that get standardized in media. And I don't think it just happens in porn. I mean, porn, it does, obviously, I think porn is one of the bigger places that it happens, but it happens in all kinds of media, television, movies, 
everything becomes mm-hmm. this these standard performances or these sure. standard sizes. Sure. And um, just for the record, guys, I mean, you know, the the porn pictures out there, that is not normal. <laughs> that yeah. is not even close to normal. And the other thing I hear about penises is men ask, my penis curves. Is that normal? And yes, to the right, to the left, a little bit up, a little bit down, all of that is normal. I mean, most, you know, many men have a curve in their penis. It isn't straight up and down. And that's really quite normal. And it's only problematic if it happens suddenly. Like if there's a bend that suddenly happens, that's a plaque condition that, that you need that to go to see a urologist quickly That hasn't about, been there. That hasn't been there previously. But it's totally normal to have a bend, uh, a, a bit of a curve. Not a bend, a curve. I'm sure there's there's tons of more questions. And when we come back, you're going to give us some more am I normal in this area questions that right. will kind of dispel all these myths and rumors, right? Right. Okay, so it's foreplay radio sex therapy. We're talking about am I normal? And you are with your sex therapist, Lori Watson, and your couples therapist, Dr. Adam Matthews. We'll be back. Wanting Sex Again, How to Rediscover Desire and Heal a Sexless Marriage by Certified Sex Therapist Lori Watson. Each chapter is designed to fix one of the problems that cause low libido from early marriage through the childbearing years, even all the way through menopause. I've also had men read it and tell me that for them it was the most hopeful thing they read about resolving sexual problems. Look for Wanting Sex Again on Amazon.com. You can also talk to Lori Watson for therapy in person or via Skype. I offer couples counseling and sex therapy and I think about both aspects of the relationship, emotional intimacy and sexual technique and that combination together helps marriages be happy. Weekend couples intensives are also offered. Improve your sex and improve your relationship with Awakening Center for Couples and Intimacy. Find out more at awakenloveandsex.com. Awaken what's possible. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters and what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. It is one of my great joys in life to be able to really help individuals and couples find strength in their relationships and really find hope again. Licensed marriage and family therapist, Dr. Adam Matthews from Matthews Counseling. I work with a wide variety of issues, including depression and anxiety, marital issues, issues with adolescence. I believe that therapy should be designed around you, that it should be personalized to who you are and to your unique situation. Therapy is available in office, online, and by phone. I want therapy to be comfortable for everyone. At our office, you'll find that we sit around a fireplace in deep, comfortable chairs, look at the problem differently, and offer practical solutions for you to take home and utilize outside of the therapy room. Schedule today and rediscover hope. You can find me on the web at matthewscounseling.net. Matthews with one T. You can contact us through email or phone and find a lot of resources on our website, matthewscounseling.net. Hey, you're back. Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy. Am I normal? 
is the question of the day. Mm, and and we're talking about the questions we get from people about their bodies, their sexual ideas, their sexual experiences. We've talked about the body questions, and I want to talk about a sexual experience that is so common, common as dirt, and people feel really anxious about that. Hmm. And that is when a heterosexual person says, I had same-sex experiences, sexual experiences, with a child friend of mine of the same sex. Yeah. And many children have their first sexual experiences, just sex play, playing doctor, looking at each other, sometimes touching each other with the same sex child. Yeah. You're not even talking about I am not talking about abuse. About somebody that's way older, a child that's way older. You're talking more about peer-to-peer. Right. Just exploration. I am not talking about exploitation, which is oftentimes involves coercion or an age difference. And I'm, I'm not saying that that is good at all. That is bad. But oftentimes kids, you know, they discover each other's bodies. They, mm. you know, and we tell them because we want to set good boundaries when we find our children doing this. You know, it's time yeah. to put your clothes on. Everybody needs to keep their private parts covered. That's right. You know, we set good boundaries for them. But many people have had this experience. And what they wonder is, does this mean I'm homosexual? And it doesn't mean that you have a sexual orientation that is homosexual because you've had those experiences. Yeah. It doesn't mean that. Our gender orientation is very complex, and it's made up of many things. And those early experiences might have been sexual. That's true. But it might have just been curiosity and play. And I think, you know, people, they they, they are normal. If they've yeah. had that, they, you know, that's a normal childhood experience to have had some sex play with a child because they are playing yeah. with children of the same sex. Yeah. And I think I, I like what you said that I think people don't realize just how common it is, but that that is a question that comes up that sticks with them in their mind when they start to think about it. And it, it starts to affect their current sex life because they start to think about, well, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Why did that happen? What does it mean? Like all those what if and why questions start to float around and recognizing that it's that it is a normal experience that multiple, multiple people have had. Sure. Um, and it, it really to, doesn't mean anything about your eventual orientation. Right. You know, I mean, when it's when it's non-coerced, when it's non-exploitive, when it's just child's play, it, it is something that people incorporate into their learning experience about the body, about their own body. It's it's normal. Mm. And so so don't put so much worry about that. Yeah. You know. Don't give it so don't, much weight. Yeah. It's it's fine. And I mean I think it is I have heard so many people say, I've never told anybody this. Yeah. You know, like they're ashamed of it. And yeah. you know, these are experiences that most people have had. Okay, another one is their fantasies, right? Yeah. Are my sexual fantasies normal? Are my sexual fantasies normal? Yeah. And people, I, I got to say, sexual fantasies are derived from another complex stew. Oftentimes, our childhood experiences and things that once puberty hits gets eroticized, you know, crazy feelings and stuff like uh, some people say, you know, I, I find it sexy to be spanked. And we're not going to go way into this, guys. But, you know, oftentimes spanking is really an intense 
experience for a child and something that, for the record, I'm against. But, you know, many children are spanked on their buttocks, which is, you know, an erotic, erogenous zone. Mm -hmm. And frequently, once puberty hits, intensity gets eroticized. And so the way they kind of manage that experience, and I'm not saying that they're spanked into their teen years, but... The way they manage the memory and the fear and the experience of it is often to find sexual pleasure in it. So mm-hmm. is it normal? I, you know, I think it's, it's a way of managing something, right? Mm-hmm. It's a way of managing an experience. And that happens with a lot of sexual fantasies. Though. The, it does. the process that you're describing is one where what happens to us in our sexually formative years, yes. um, mainly in puberty, or the things that we associate when we're in those years, associate mm-hmm. within those years, become some of the things that we become sexually fixated on. Yeah. Right? And yeah. so, you know, some of them are maybe more unhealthy than others necessarily depending on where we where that leads us and uh-huh. what that causes us mm-hmm. to do. Yes. But as far as the fantasies themselves and how they get lived out with our partners and our, the conversation we get to have with our partners, that part is completely normal. It right. is completely more normal. And I think, you know, some are more workable, right? Some are more about the person-to-person relationship right. versus maybe an object, right. right? Some people get fixated on a shoe, and they're not necessarily fixated on the leg associated with the shoe. Right. They're only looking at the shoe, and that's a harder thing in a partner sex. And, you know, we, we can go into fetishes and things like that at another date. But is it normal to have fantasies that are outside of just my one partner, right? The par- mm-hmm. My chosen spouse, let's say, or, or, or the person I'm married to. Is it normal to have fantasies about other people or other things? I, I think it's human. Mm-hmm. I mean, can you really stop those ideas? I think it's what you do with them. Do you use ideas, sexual things that come into your head or memories or fantasy, and do you let it, you know, turn you on and then use that, what I say is like libidinal energy, putting it back into your primary relationship. That's yeah. what keeps it hot for couples, right? Yeah. When it, when it get, they, they, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, when, when it I'm gets turned, roll. when it becomes about separation and separation from your partner, that's where I think it gets, it gets dangerous because it gets threatening to the relationship. Right. So, yeah. so we would say fantasizing about... Um, the yard boy next door, the hot yard boy. I mean, you see him, he's hot. I mean, taking that energy and bringing it back in and being alive with it and taking the sexual energy that is generated from that and driving it back into your partnership is good and healthy and what you can do with it. I think when you start to have sort of a fantasy about one particular person, Mm. And you start to make plans for meeting that particular person. Obviously, that's, that's not going to make yeah. your your coupleship hot, yeah. right? That's going to be hot outside of it. So it's not that it's not normal. It's that what you're doing with it necessarily doesn't feed and aid your mm-hmm. primary sexual relationship. We might say that it's the same as as emotions, right? There's no there's no bad emotions because emotions right. just come up, right? It's what you do with them mm-hmm. and how you talk about them and whether you lash out or withdraw or separate because of them. And so the mm-hmm. same could be true for sexual fantasies as well is that when mm-hmm. when you have them being able to communicate them and make that turn back towards your partner and it being more about what you do with that versus yeah. actually having it yeah 
I, I would also say the am I normal questions might be, you know, I have a better orgasm with masturbation than I do with my partner. Is that normal? Or is it normal that I masturbate still? Mm. You know, is it normal? I, I think about sex and want sex six times a day. Mm. You know, I mean, is yeah. this normal? I, I think that the issue is, first of all, a lot of people have orgasms that are better with masturbation because it's a perfect biofeedback loop. Yeah. You know, so that, yeah, you know your, that you know makes yourself. sense to me. You know, you know your body. Yeah. You know how to turn yourself on. No kidding, of course. And I think most people masturbate, yes, throughout their whole committed relationship or married life. You know, in some way, they just want an orgasm by themselves. And it, it is not a diss to the relationship. It's not a criticism in general, unless it becomes something that they're doing right, that is they're preferring it to the couple relationship. Yeah. And it's still normal, but it's not necessarily feeding your hot committed relationship sexually. I, I think that's a really good distinction because there's a difference between it being normal and whether it's beneficial to your relationship. Exactly. And exactly. That's, I think that's a that's a very good marker for, for what we're talking about is that there, there can be stuff that's normal that happens that may not be beneficial to your partnership and it may not be beneficial to furthering your sexual relationship with your partner either. Right. right? There right. may be some fantasies that you have, some sexual fantasies that your partner is uncomfortable with and to continue to force them or to say this has to or happen. To them. Yeah. Like that is going to be really damaging to your relationship, but that doesn't fall within the same category as normalcy. Right. Yeah. And so I think in terms of dealing with the differences, right, of couples' fantasies and ideas and what they want. I mean, there's some guidelines, and I think one is, does it add to us, like you just said? Mm -hmm. Does it add to us as a couple? First, obviously, consent is absolutely, you know, just absolutely necessary. Yeah. You know, anything you're going to try, you have to have consent of the other person. And the question is, you know, does it hurt us emotionally or physically or spiritually? Mm. You know, those, I think, are really important things to think about before you make decisions about what's going to be included in the coupleship. And, I mean, go with your gut instinct. If you have a funny feeling, this needs to be talked out. Yeah. You know, it needs to be sorted out with your partner. That's good. So, yeah. Lori, what are our takeaways for today? What did, what did we learn? What are we taking away? Okay. So, basically... Everybody has anxiety about whether or not they're normal. And by and large, there's a wide variety of physical bodies, genitalia, huge variety, and all of it is normal. Most of it, you know, 100% of it, as long as you're functioning, okay, I mean, then yeah, it's normal. Mm. And I think in terms of fantasy, to us, there's such this growing up years that contribute to the wide variety of arousal patterns and fantasies inside. It's probably normal, but then how and if you include it in the coupleship is part of the discussion and negotiation with your partner. Absolutely. Yeah. Good. That okay. was fun. You're listening to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy with your sex therapist, Lori Watson, and couples therapist, Dr. Adam Matthews. Thanks for listening. Hey, help us stay on top here at Foreplay. We'd love it if you would subscribe and share it with your friends. And please take one sec and rate and review us. Thanks so much. 